Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to Quirky Planet, your completely useless, unnecessary, and delicious guide to the world. I am Dino, your pioneering Australian. And I am Inger, your shameful Norwegian. On this episode, we'll be joined by Kiara to discuss all things divorce and maybe a bit of fast food. Yummy. But first, how Colony was cancelled and a Norwegian TV show took over the world. Inga. Yeah. Have you heard about New Australia? Or Nueva Australia, as it's called in Spanish? I have heard about it because you told me about it. Tell me what you know. So it's this colony in Uruguay, Paraguay? Paraguay. That some labor dude wanted to start mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with a group of Australians. Yes. Yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> so I had yeah. no idea what it was until a couple of weeks ago when I started researching for the podcast. In 1893, there was a labor activist journalist by the name of William Lane. He was really prominent in the labor union at this point, constantly campaigning. Just to give you an idea of it, he was a writer for the Queensland Figaro, a columnist for the Brisbane Courier and Evening Telegraph. He became the editor of the Sydney Morning Herald and later founded the Boomerang and then the Queensland Worker. He did all that within four years. Holy shit, that's yeah. a lot. So he's a real busy boy. Incredibly important in the history of labor rights in yeah. Australia. He was also a massive fucking racist. This becomes important a bit <laughs> later on. He wrote a book called White or Yellow, A Story of the Race War of A.D., which was published in 1887. In this book, he talks about the fact that business people are importing hordes of Chinese people to come and take the white man's jobs. Great. Yeah. Fabulous guy. Of course, yeah. Ardent socialist, but also a massive racist. So during the 1890s, there were dozens and dozens of labor strikes across Australia. We're now starting into the peak movement of the labor rights in Australia, and most of them fail. Businesses crack down on the strikes. Government doesn't really do much to support them. So the labor movement splits into two. On the one hand, you have a group of people who are really committed to the labor force and say, the way we're going to do it is by changing the system. And so that group of people goes on to start the Labor Party in Australia. The other group of people one of them being William Lane, is really disappointed. And so they decide, fuck Australia. We're going to start our own country. They're going to start New Australia, their own colony inside Paraguay. Fair enough. So in 1893, he brings a bunch of people over. And he has five principles that he established this socialist utopia. This is what it is. Number one, common hold rather than commonwealth. So common ownership over everything. Yep. yep. Number two, Brotherhood of English-speaking whites. So, (laughs) number three, life marriage. There is no such thing as divorce in this colony. Number four, again, preservation of the color line. Basically segregation. Now, again, they're going to Paraguay. Like, (laughs) it's not a... a great place to start with racism. Exactly. Number five is teetotalism, which is another word for saying abstinence from alcohol. And number six, communism. So, you know. Yeah. It sounds fabulous. So they chose Paraguay because Paraguay gave them 185,000 acres of fertile land. Jesus crikey. So why would the Paraguay government just give these rando Australian colonists a bunch of land, like fertile land, like really good land for farming? Yeah. So a couple of years beforehand, Paraguay had a war, a civil war. 90% of their entire male population died. 
So yep. they needed a bunch of new people to come in, basically repopulate Paraguay. So when yep. these 200 Australians came knocking and said, hey, we want land, they're like, sure, here it is. Like, go wild. About 2,000 people came in the initial wave. The first group was almost entirely men. They were the first people, and they were supposed to set up everything for the next waves to come. Almost immediately, shit went wrong, right? I know, this is my favorite part. Fuck. So <laughs> there are newspaper articles describing it, and they said, while it's generally agreed that some of them were able settlers, there was general agreement about the character of the new Australian settlers. They've been described as misfits, failures, and malcontents of the left wing. It's just like, these are just like the fuck-ups that like yeah. left Australia. And so they all came to Paraguay, right? Like <laughs> thousands of miles away. So there was conflict over alcohol, yeah. relations with the locals, and Lane's leadership. This is a quote. I can't help feeling that the movement cannot result in success if that incompetent man Lane continues to mismanage so <laughs> utterly as he has done up to the present, wrote a columnist. I mean... Even, like, the people who were, like, gung-ho about his vision, I right? know. We're just, fuck it, let's just... This is bad. Yeah. Let's, let's get out. <laughs> My favourite part is that on the Wikipedia pages, there was conflict immediately over the prohibition <laughs> of alcohol. And it, that's such an easy thing to solve. Just, like, let people drink. You probably have a larger, like, better chance of this colony surviving if you just give the people their whiskey. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. come on. Like, that's, that's, like, the easiest thing to Exactly. Do. It's so easy to solve that problem. Yeah. There's nothing, like, structural or systematic about it. Just give them some alcohol. But I feel like this is just, like, it's William Lane's pet project, you know? It's yeah. A, it's his vision of society. So, hence, yeah. no... No, no non-whites. A year later, so they came to Paraguay in 1893. Yeah. In 1894, he and 58 other colonists left his own colony to start something called Cosme. Right? No, no, just a different colony because yeah. he couldn't handle it. Eventually, people just left. Yeah. It wasn't going very well. Some colonists came back to Australia. Others moved to other parts of Paraguay. But to this day, there are some 2,000 Australians who continue to live in Paraguay. Yeah, descendants. Yeah. It is still just crazy, though. Like, this man is just full-on dictator. Yeah. But he wasn't even, like, a good dictator. No. He just... The really incompetent kind. Yeah, like, super incompetent. And then kind of just threw a fit when people wouldn't follow his rules yeah. and left. <laughs> like, well, fuck you. To this day, you mm. can go to Nueva Australia. Like, nice. it is, the town is still there. There are about 300 permanent residents That's who actually cool. live there. And it's become a big, not big, but it's become a tourist destination of some kind. Yeah. That's where I'm going to go for my next holiday. <laughs> it reminds me a lot of those really rich Silicon billionaires who are like, oh, let's start my own floating island in the middle of the yeah. ocean. It'll be like this yeah. libertarian paradise. We already know how it's going to end. <laughs> not well, because they're going to like stop people from drinking alcohol and they're going to have I a know. pissy fit over it. Those micronations are so fascinating. They had a micronation conference last year. Oh, really? Yeah. So they got all of them together. Was that like oil platform country there? Because that's my favorite one. Oh, I have no idea. Oh, Sealand. Principality Sealand. of Sealand. It's outside of Britain. There is an old offshore platform that someone's just kind of moved into and declared as a sovereign nation. That's fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... I don't know, like, they've been there for quite a long time, like, since 1997 or something. Jesus. No, even earlier, like, 1978. Nope, 1967. Oh, my God, they've been here for, like, 
while it was still producing oil, they're like, no, nah, this is ours now. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Does it still work? No. The oil platform? So it's not functioning as an oil platform anymore. It's just their plan. But it's so good because, okay, 1967, the fort was occupied and they kind of like took over and declared it a sovereign nation. In 1978, they had a rebel government and the no. Battle of Zealand. <gasps> How big is this platform? Like 100 meters each way. Yeah, like, like that. How are they fighting? I don't know. And the people in charge kind of like, they revoked all Zealand passports. This German lawyer was charged with treason. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> it was kind of held hostage, so to speak. Fuck. And then in 1977, again, they revoked passports again. At this point, it's just a couple people living here. But they just claim to be a sovereign state based on this one decision from 1968. That is just completely... That is wild. And you have to think, the amount of effort to set up your own country, like, is it really worth it for that sea platform? There are probably boats that have to go get groceries, right? Because yeah, there's nothing and on it. Technically, it's within the water borders of the UK. But they've kind of had to move those water borders because according to international law, you're a state if you declare you're a state. I, I declare this so, podcast studio is now <laughs> the independent state of this podcast. <laughs> no, so you have to, if you write a constitution and declare yourself a sovereign state, Boom, according to international law, that's state creation. Anyone can declare themselves a state. But you have, no one's going to recognize you. Exactly. You have to be recognized by the UN. But because of the, they've had this like conflict, there was like the hostage situation, yeah. and, like the treason and all of that, that kind of forced countries, like actual countries, to recognize the existence of Sealand. Yeah, because people are dying. Yeah, and people are being held hostage. This German lawyer was being held hostage and Germany kind of had to go like, oh, okay, fine, we'll pay you the hostage fees to this country. They had to recognize. And as soon as one legit country recognizes you officially, you're a country. You're a country now. It's just so good because they're like, I don't know, they're like, what, five people, six people living there? It's my favorite country in the world. Tell us about scum. Uh, yes, scum. I am sure you all have heard of it. Definitely, yeah. It is, like, it was a massive sensation when it started. For those who haven't heard of it, though. Yes, for those who haven't heard of it, scum is, like, an internet-based TV show from Norway. And basically what it is, is that it was comprised of several, like, small clips and text chains and uh, phone messages and stuff that was posted to Facebook for people to watch. And then at the end of the week, it was all kind of put together into an episode so that you could either watch it in bits and pieces during the week or just a one big episode at the end of the week. So it follows for, well, originally it follows it's about the idea of like being Udus in Norway, which is when you graduate high school. Ah, okay, yeah. And most places it's from the 1st of May to the 17th of May. And 
you're all fucking drunk for 17 <laughs> days. And this is all before exam. But in Oslo, it is huge. Like, really? kids start saving up from their first day of high school. Oh, my God. Uh, they get into groups and they buy buses and yes. kit them out as party buses. And then they, like, hire a driver and drive around and they go to these big meets yeah. in, like, nearby towns and stuff. So the idea of scum is, like, this group of people... What does like, scum mean in English? It means shame. So it's about the group of girls getting together, like, an unlikely collection of girls getting together to buy a bus for yeah. their rust, like, the recipe. There's, like, the classic, like, popular hipster girl. Mm. There's the classic, like, kind of, like, Barbie girl. It's It has all of the stereotypes you see in a high school. But it has them because that's what high school is. Like, yeah. let's be honest. Those stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason. Yeah. So there are four seasons. Each of those seasons followed one person's life at this high school. It started out about this, like, bus and those people getting together. But then it focused more and more on, like, single individuals and how their high school experience was shaped by their friends and their families and their sexualities and experiences and stuff so yeah it took off like crazy so it started in 2015 i think within like the first couple of weeks 1.2 million people were streaming it during the week jesus christ out of what five million people yeah and so one in five imagine how wait was this on up against the the train video or is it like <laughs> no they were not on the same time <laughs> the competition between the train and the fucking teenagers yeah so actually the first week of june 2016 scum was more than half of the time streamed on the nrk net page was people watching scum because i'm pretty sure that's when nuda season was and that's which season is that too? Yeah, and her season dealt with a lot of like rape, so she was uh, raped by her boyfriend's older brother because she was too drunk to like stop it, and it dealt with that in a way that we haven't really seen on popular TV because like that's not something people like to deal with and especially in tv for teenagers but i think it became so big like it had all kinds of hashtags going around constantly like top trending on twitter every week as it was going and i think that's because teenagers in high school need to see that they're not the only ones like they're not alone they're not the only ones going through this shit like season three isaac dealing with his sexuality and being in love with a muslim who also struggling with his sexuality because, you know, he, his family's religion and stuff. Season two, yeah, dealing with the rape bit. And then season four, dealing with Sana, who is Muslim and like the concept of wearing a hijab. This show is being remade in, ooh, everywhere. I don't know if it's being remade here. It's being remade no. in the US, yeah. which I think is going to be really interesting. It's already. It's already aired. Yeah. It's um, it's set in Austin, but it's with the original creator. I have no idea. I haven't actually watched it, though, because there would have to be so many limitations on it compared to Norway in terms of ratings and what mm. you can show on TV. Yeah. It's just not on television? 
probably on Facebook TV too. Yeah, yeah, that Facebook watch thing. But it's fascinating. It's I have actually never watched it. Really? Yeah. You, I have seen this show. <laughs> I know. Which is why, like, we talked about it because I've seen it, but you've actually never watched it. I have not seen it. I've not seen a single episode. I have ah. just like everything I know about it is because every week something blew up. Yeah. After Nora told her boyfriend that she had had sex, so to speak, with his brother or whatever, the hashtag was like William has to answer. Because she texted him about it and he wasn't responding. And, like, stuff like that. That's my only reference to it is because every week something blew up and there was, yeah. like, a hashtag that everyone was and everyone was talking about it. And I was like, I yeah. don't know what this is. I never really got into it. And now I think it might be too late. No, never too late. <laughs> it, it's interesting for me for three reasons. Like, one is the format thing you were talking about, right? Mm. So, like each part takes place during a specific time. So it might be like Monday, 7.30 at night. And so that's, yeah. when, the, that's when the clip would air, right, yeah. on Facebook. And the fact that they had, every character has their own presence on social network. Yeah, they have like networks. a social media presences. and. So you felt like these were real people that you could connect with. Right? Yeah. I didn't watch the show when it was coming out. I watched it a couple years after it had aired. Yeah. But like, just to look back and see what was going on and seeing, I was reading about the American version of it and just watching mm. people react to it. It's like, oh, this is what like the experience is like. This is so interesting. Yeah. It's so creative. You couldn't do this with traditional television. This could only work online. Yeah. And it was so intense. Mm. Everyone's like talking about these people as if they were real. Yeah. And in a sense, they were real to yeah. us because everyone could identify with one of them in a way. Yeah. So in a sense, they were us just more projected into the world and for everyone to connect with. And it got really intense because yeah. everyone kind of was like, this is just like what I'm going through. And yeah. The second part I was just going to mention is like the fact that it's so well written. Like the yeah. fact that like you were saying before, like these seem like real people that I could connect with. I don't watch that much like teen dramas. Yeah. Because I just find them a bit asinine and like. Yeah. And it's not like they're most teen dramas are written in a way that they come up as like, this is what the fuck. Yeah. This would never happen. I mean, have you watched even half an episode of Pretty Little Liars? You're just going to yeah. go like, No. You yeah. would automatically go to the police. Like, mm -hmm. your dead friend just showed up alive. Yeah. Come on. You're not going to hide out in New York. You're 16. Whilst these people were, like, actually real people. It was written in a way that this is how I would have reacted to yeah. things. Like... And the other thing that I was going to say that was really interesting for me about the show was that it was picked up not just in Norway, because it's in Norwegian. Yeah. Right? The fact that it was picked up online, right? I watched it with a friend. The way we watched it was that there is an online subgroup of people mm. who go and they take every episode, they post it on a single Google Drive, and they subtitle it, right? Yeah. There's no official subtitles. This is just people who really love the show, who want to spread it to as many people as possible. Yeah. And they just edit it of their own fruition. That's amazing. The fact that they can just do yeah, that. Yeah, it just took off, didn't it? That's It's very interesting because Norwegian isn't exactly a language that's international yeah it's not widely spoken <laughs> no it's not there's about six billion people in the world yeah. speak it and <laughs> they all live in norway <laughs> so it's really fascinating that it kind of just like took out all over the world in that way yeah it reminded me of reading about the way anime got transferred over to the united mm. states like moving it from japan to the united states and canada the same thing happened where there was a small group of really dedicated fans yeah. who knew Japanese and they used to get the VHS, mm. the cassettes, yeah. and they would 
write in, they would have to write in every single line of dialogue. And at that yeah. time, there was no coding, right? Like, you can't just put it into, like, yeah. a format. You had to take everything and then put in all the lines of dialogue for yourself. And then they would just spread the um, cassettes that way. And it was such a small group of people doing yeah. it. But now, because of the internet, you can do it so much faster. Yeah. You can get so much more people to watch it. Yeah. It's amazing. It is crazy. It's just a really good show. Yeah. It's just so good. It is just down to earth, I think. Mm. It's like it's not trying to be a drama. It's just trying to be real life. Yeah. And that's what I think it's why it's so successful. Because other drama show TV series are always like, we have to be so dramatic all the time, like home and away. And you're just like, well, actually, that's not how real life works, guys. Yeah. Inga, would you like to introduce our guest for today? Yes, I would, Dino. Today's guest is a dear friend, Kiara. And Kiara is from the Philippines. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Welcome, Kiara. She came straight from the Philippines, yeah? Yes. Yes, she has not even been home from the airport. No, absolutely yeah, not. Exactly. <laughs> I have like my entire airport outfit yep. and dreadlocks mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She flew in. Just for this interview, guys. Yes. Just for your she's, sake. She's Dedication. flying back out. <laughs> but tell oh. us, Kiara, do you have a fun fact about the Philippines? Well, for one, um, there's no divorce in the Philippines. <laughs> really? So, wait, is it illegal or no, it so does just, just not exist? <laughs> yeah, it just does not exist. So we were ruled by the Spanish for about 300 plus years. Since then, like, I don't know, man. Like, just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. This is no divorce. We never got around to making no, divorce. No, but like, we're a mostly Roman Catholic country, which is apparently, according to the church, that divorce is, you know, it's bad, it's terrible, and mm. apparently also premarital sex. So there's that. Yeah. And so, so there's none of that either? Do it. <laughs> <laughs> of we course very, not. We have. Very high pregnancy rates, but we also don't have contraception. It's not... No contraception. Except some shady places sell condoms, but yeah. Really? That's another fun fact. (laughs) (laughs) So there's no condoms, like anywhere. So is this religious? You said, sorry, Roman Catholic? Yeah. So... Yeah, so, well, contraception is a sin in the Catholic Church. So So that makes sense. But it's crazy because we have very high pregnancy rates. Mm. And so one time they wanted to pass the RH bill, which is reproductive health bill. Mm. And the church and it's a lot of its followers just protested against that bill yeah. for like months. Even now, it's very controversial to hear, let's say, if you're dating this person and you decide to go on a trip together, it's still not like accepted. Like mm. it's not known... If like if my friend was to go out with her boyfriend, out of the country, it would be with a family, and they would sleep in separate rooms. If I'm not wrong, the Philippines is the only Catholic majority country in Asia. Yeah. So I mean, it makes sense. You know, it's controversial because we don't have divorce, we don't have contraception, and if you just go by the doctrines of the mm. church, yeah, it, it's yeah. Con- if you just look at the Catholic Church, yeah. then it makes sense. But then, if you look at humanity and yeah. decency, and <laughs> I know that's the thing. Human rights and shit like that, it doesn't make sense. 
So you were saying so like true. they had tried to change the law, is that right? Around reproductive health. Have they ever tried to do anything around like divorce? Yeah, so they are trying to pass a bill for divorce, but it's still in I think it's third reading. The president hasn't signed it or Ah, uh, okay, yeah. yeah. I don't know, like at least culturally I find the in my non-biased opinion in terms <laughs> of like human rights and democracy, the Philippines is definitely like more progressive than a lot of Asian countries. Mm. But tell me, as I tend to tell all my ask all my guests, is there a favorite <laughs> dessert that you have? God, you know, I just went to the Filipino festival and all I did was eat dessert. Now you have to give us yeah. a good answer. I'm so confused now. Because, so I had fried ice cream, oh. which is amazing. Ooh. And it Love was a good Oreos. Fried ice cream. Yeah, can you believe a lot of people didn't know what a fried ice cream was? I still don't understand how the fuck they make it. So it's How do you fry ice cream without breaking so, the ice? Wait, they the chuck the bucket inside and then they're like, oh yeah. <laughs> no, so it's like you have ice cream. And then you have the thing. What is it? Like, it's kind of like a wrap. And then it deep fries. Oh. There's also halo-halo, which is a variety of gelatin, ice cream, wafer sticks, and a lot of things. I would show you, but I don't know if that's appropriate because podcasts don't have videos. (laughs) (laughs) Very good point. (laughs) Damn, you really know this whole podcast game inside out. (laughs) No, I'm an expert. Absolutely. My jet lagged self. (laughs) (laughs) And there's also like a really popular restaurant. Is it like Jubilee? Jollibee. Jollibee. Sorry. Yo, I am Cancel passionate me. over Jollibee. Okay. Don't at me. <laughs> so why is it so good? So it's like Mac- the McDonald's of the Philippines. Okay. But then you have, instead of a scary clown, mm-hmm. we have a very happy jolly bee. Oh. Wait, is yeah. Ronald McDonald scary? Yeah. With his red eyes, red hair, red lips. You <laughs> genuinely just don't like the color red, do you? <laughs> I love red, but then it's like... You know how we would have statues of him in the mall sometimes and he yeah. just like wave at you, look at you right in the eyes, staring into your soul. Was it an animatronic as well? Like yeah. did it move? Like and did the eyes follow you as you walked around? We'll never know, will we? That's a child. Could happen. That sounds mm. terrifying. In my town, Ronald McDonald's statue was just like he was sat on a bench with like his arm up on the back of the bench and his legs crossed and he was like a g- good old grandfather <laughs> whose lap you would sit on and be like yo grandpa yes. cheeseburger but yes jubilee is ju- jollibee jollibee pardon me <laughs> every time jollibee is amazing why is it so good so i would say that McDonald's would have better burgers. No, wait. McDonald's would have better burgers, but Jollibee has better fried chicken. Ah, okay. So and is it like a chicken store? No. No? It's like a McDonald's except Filipino. Ah, okay. <laughs> but the thing is, it's like, okay, in the Philippines, a lot of Filipinos like this um very filling, sweet taste. Mm. So that's what Jollibee incorporates. Whereas in McDonald's, they just have like the standard McDonald's taste. Like, why is it sweeter? Is it just, they just put sugar in everything? No. I mean, that's my baking solution. Like, if it's not very good, <laughs> put sugar. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, man. Because let's say in the spaghetti, you have... They have spaghetti? Yeah. I mean, don't you have spaghetti in McDonald's too? No. 
No. There's what? no spaghetti in McDonald's. We have spaghetti in McDonald's. Legit. What? Yeah, okay, so McDonald's varies so much from country to country yeah, though. That's because true. like in France they have a salad bar. Yeah, and in India it's ninety percent vegan. Really? Yeah, because you can't eat cow. Oh yeah. And a lot but a lot of Indians are vegan. Not yeah. like by default. Yeah, I know. And it's a choice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because most of their food is vegan. Yeah. yeah. Vegan and vegetarian food is very popular in India. Yeah. But like McDonald's is just 90% vegan. Whoa. And it's McDonald's. Mm. But tell me about this McDonald's pasta. Yeah, pasta. <laughs> this spaghetti. Is it just like bolognese? Like. Yeah, I mean, you just have bolognese and cheese. I don't know. <laughs> How is it different? <laughs> No, because there is no, like, bolognese. We in... don't have that in McDonald's here. Yeah, we just have like on street. I would totally show you a photo mm. right now. I really want to. I want to see. Wait. Show it. Show okay. me. Yeah. I wonder what else is, like, different in different McDonald's countries. I know for one, in China at least, McDonald's has, like, all the chopsticks options. Oh. Mm. It's quite interesting. But then I never know how to use any of them. <laughs> is that what else do they sell at the McDonald's in the Philippines? Like I'm super keen now. So pasta, so, obviously. Yeah. Burgers. So they sell pasta. McFlurry. McFlurry, yeah. yeah. Shake shake fries. What? Yeah. Is I it with chips? Under... Yeah, chips, chips. Okay, no, they don't sell that here, but like I, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh my god, did you see the April Fool's McDonald's ad? No. That you can buy little like Pots of milkshake dip to put on your fries for the <gasps> instead of having to buy like uh, and I literally it looked so real I was like that's actually not a bad idea is it an April Fool's or is but it not because so many people do that mm. I do that I love doing that have it understand. with my flurries or the vanilla sundae mm. or just pasta. a milkshake <laughs> pasta <laughs> dip your fries in your pasta <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I meant the McFlurry in the pasta. Oh my god. <laughs> you just like get a twirl of it going, just like I, shove it in the ice cream. I did not need that visual. <laughs> yes, you absolutely did. <laughs> oh my god, amazing. Uh, but thank you so much for coming, yes. Kiara. Yay. It was, it was so fun you. chatting with you. You too. Thank you. Absolutely, everyone, for listening to our audio tour again. Please remember to subscribe and share with your friends and arch nemesis. Rate us on iTunes, like us on Instagram, and please, if you see Dino on the street, hug him. He needs it. I need it desperately. I've been Inga. And I've been Dino. Ciao. Sayonara. Tada. Adios. Auf Wiedersehen. Au revoir. Dos vidanya. Bye-bye.